0: Kane was there! Kane was there too! Yeah! No enhancement needed. This thing Monday Night Raw, this fight way! It's Wrestle Rant Radio. What's going on guys? Welcome back to WrestleRant Radio for Thursday, August 20th, 2020. I am Graham G S. Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well. SummerSlam weekend coming up this weekend and I for one am very excited for it. We got Mr. Marceau back here on the show for the first time in two weeks to help me offer picks, previews, and predictions for every match not only on the SummerSlam card but also for NXT TakeOver 30 on Saturday as well. It's been a very busy week for me personally. Um, I was actually in Cape Cod on Wednesday, which is why my voice is so shot. Did a lot of traveling, stayed up super late to get work done the last couple of days. It's been nuts. And it's only Thursday and it's only going to get, I don't want to say worse, but it's only going to get busier in the days ahead. Um, I am very excited, though, for the events coming up, so that is one saving grace of all of this. It will be all worth it come Saturday and Sunday to be relaxing watching those shows, but until then, there is business to be done, including my interview with Triple H. Yes, my exclusive interview with Triple H is going up tomorrow on Bleach Report and my YouTube channel, so check it out when it first goes up at 8 a.m. tomorrow at youtube.com backslash Graham GSM Matthews and also the Transcription of the interview right now, or not right now, but tomorrow, at this time tomorrow, on Bleach Report, the WWE section. My exclusive interview with Seth Rollins went live this past week on Bleach Report and YouTube as well. I'm going to air that interview right now as Rollins talks a lot about SummerSlam, his rivalry with Ray and Dominic Mysterio, becoming the Monday Night Messiah, um, wrestling in front of new fans right now. Uh, updates on, you know, Becky Lynch, keeping in contact with John Moxley and Roman Reigns, the Shield's success, and so much more. It was a great interview. Really enjoyed doing it. It's going to be right now here on the show. And then after that wraps up, we'll close out the show with Takeover 30 and SummerSlam 2020 predictions. Here we go Monday Night Messiah, Seth Rollins. Hey, how's it going, Seth?
1: Hey, it's going well. How are you?
0: Doing great. Doing great. You know, you made it clear in the past in the last couple of months and whatnot that you've wanted to work with Rey Mysterio for a long time now. Um, has that experience, how has that experience been like for you working with his son, Dominic, almost exactly 15 years removed from that infamous custody of Dominic match, uh, the latter match at SummerSlam 05? How's that experience working with Rey and Dominic in recent months?
1: Uh, it's been incredible. Uh, honestly, you know, um, Ray is a, a legend, been in the, the industry, a major part of it for 30 years. Um, you know, we've we've talked a lot about how he's essentially the, the greatest luchador in, in history. Um, and I, I don't think that's, you know, you can argue and debate if you want on that. But at the end of the day, in my opinion, he's the most influential, um, most far-reaching uh, Mexican wrestling superstar there's ever been. And I've been personally watching Ray since I was, oh, man. 15 14 something like that so mm-hmm. um you know he's been a huge influence on me so being able to you know, it's been really uh really fun actually you know uh, in mm-hmm. all things considered i would say
0: the beating that you gave Dominic on Raw this week with the kendo stick was unbelievably brutal. One of the most aggressive and violent things we've seen on Raw in recent memory. Should the fans expect to see an even more aggressive side of Seth Rollins heading into your match at SummerSlam with Dominic?
1: I, uh, I mean, you're always going to see an aggressive side of me. You know, I don't. Whenever it comes to stuff that's in the ring, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not, I don't. I don't take it easy. I don't take a night off, and so. Uh, you know, that was an initiation of sorts for Dominic. He signed the WWE contract, and uh, he wants to fight the best SummerSlam, so he's going to get that. And, and it, uh, I'm not going to hold back just because it's his first match in WWE or because he's Rey Mysterio's son. So I'm mm-hmm. going to expect him uh, to step up to my level.
0: You've been on a roll this year with the Monday Night Messiah character. Where would you rank it among the other iterations of Seth Rollins that we've seen dating back to NXT? And do you prefer being a babyface or a heel more?
1: Um, I, I would say it's much easier in today's climate to be a heel, uh, mm-hmm. than it is to be a, a liked. uh, you know, there are very few baby faces, uh, in WWE over the past few years that have, you know, made it, uh, made it work for them for the long term. You know, I, I point to uh, Becky Lynch or drew is doing a great job of it now. Um, but it's tough. It can be a difficult road to hoe sometimes. Um, and if it is climate but um I don't know man on the side it's fun you know it's still new it's only been really in earnest for six months seven (laughs) months or so now um and so I I just started to kind of dig my fingers into it and really start to mold it into what I want it to be and and, uh it's been it's been a blast and I think um it's been different for me a different role for me than I've played in the past as well um not just in the ring but behind the scenes so um I don't know, it, it, I mean, time will tell where it ranks, but I'm having a lot of fun with it.
0: And it's been cool to see both sides of the spectrum in the last year, you know, from being a top heel right now, top babyface a year ago, um, with being one of the hottest babyfaces in the entire company just a little over a year ago, again, having that SummerSlam event with Brock, a great match. Um, where do you think your babyface run would have panned out last year? Had the fans not shifted and done what they did deleted the Monday Night Messiah? Do you think some of that backlash may have been a blessing in disguise with what it ultimately led to for you?
1: Oh, I don't know about a blessing in disguise. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, things are going to happen the way they happen. There's not really any other way to make it. You know, you can go back and, and talk about, well, we should have done this. We should have done that. But like I said, at the end of the day, it was going to happen the way it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were tons of extenuating circumstances um, for for why I think I was so, you know, hot the year before the baby face and then kind of, you know, it, it slowly uh, fizzled out and turned the way it did. But at the end of the day, I don't have any regrets or any, any. Uh, I wish I had done that. I wish I had done that. So, you know, it, it made for a great character arc, which my entire career has been one big, giant character arc. And mm-hmm. so um, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing kind of, you know, what the next phase is and where this one takes us.
0: Do you find promos to be easier without fans being in attendance, you know, as they sometimes serve as a distraction with the what chance and stuff like that? Or is it harder to not have that energy from the audience to feed off of?
1: It's just different. You know, when you're accustomed to cutting your promos in front of a live crowd um, and interacting with them and expecting a certain, you know, you expect them to play a role because they're essentially the audience. Essentially, a character on the television show, and so you expect them to have feedback, and you play off that, and it changes the course of things. So you just have a different mindset going in, whereas we're we're doing promos now in front of no crowd or you know this limited crowd. Um, it's it's very much more of a television show, very much more of a movie. Um, it's it's different in the way you approach the the context of the promo and the delivery, especially. So I don't know if it's better or worse. I mean. I think it's better in the sense that you get to you get to fully engage the audience in a story at home because they have no choice but to hear the words that are, you're saying and you don't drift and you don't have to play with the live crowd. So it's different in, in that regard where you get some more details with the story, but um, it's certainly not as fun. I mean, the live crowd is, they're, they're the best. Mm-hmm.
0: And and one person that's been very complimentary of your work this past year as the Monday Night Messiah has actually been John Cena. He did an interview recently with Sports Illustrated where he said you're one of the best people out there right now doing the promos and whatnot. Is there any one endorsement that you've received over the years that still stands out to you to this day?
1: Oh, I mean, yeah. it's The the one from Sting. I mean, Sting said that, very, very kindly, and I still don't believe it, not even for a second, <laughs> after all the guys that I, that he's been in the ring with. He, he, he said some very nice things uh, about me after our match, um, Night of Champions back in 2015. And, you know, that, it, obviously that didn't end the way either of us wanted it to. But uh, the fact that he came out and said some really nice things about uh, how I was in the ring and stuff like that is pretty pretty outstanding considering his lengthy career so I mean I, I love John that's not a knock on John I really appreciate John's opinion especially now that he you know is kind of on the outside looking and he has fresh eyes mm-hmm. um but yeah the, the sting one saying that I was one of the best guys he's ever been in the ring is pretty pretty astounding to me mm-hmm
0: and we're about a little over a year removed now from the much-talked-about comments that you had regarding John Moxley, the, the former Dean Ambrose, obviously, from leaving WWE. Have you guys had any other further contacts since that point? And how cool has it been for you to see the success of The Shield from you being on Raw, we got Roman on SmackDown, he's in another company. How cool has it been to see that kind of spread out all over the place in wrestling right now?
1: Uh, that was the goal from the beginning. Yeah, I mean, John and I are still we're still friends. We talk from time to time, you know, uh, I would buzz him, see what he's doing or, uh, how he's doing or whatever, you know, um, when his wife got sick, obviously I checked in on him to make sure he was doing okay. and The dogs were good and all that good stuff. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, the shield has done what it set out to do. That was, that was the, the main goal when we, uh, when we left Florida championship wrestling back in 2012 was to take over the business. And obviously we could not see, uh, foresee what it would have become or what it is now, but um, it's exactly what we planned in that—in the sense that uh, we're all, you know, kind of running the show in our own respective places.
0: Have you been able to keep in touch with Roman as well during this whole quarantine period? I know he's been away from the company since right before WrestleMania. Have you been able to talk to him as well in recent months at all?
1: Of course, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, he's busy. He's got five kids now, so uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah he, he's—he's a—he's a busy dude. You know, he's not—it's not like he's just. Been at home taking taking his time off he's uh he's he's working you know in a different way so mm-hmm. as, a, as a, an expecting father to be later this year I can't imagine having five little crazies running around at once so <laughs> kudos to him and his wife for what they're doing but yeah he's doing good man he's healthy he's uh I mean you see him on the on the social media he's he, he's working out hard he looks like he's in the best shape he's ever been
0: and kind of speaking of which you mentioned, uh, you know, kids and whatnot, of course, your wife, Becky Lynch announced earlier this year that she was pregnant and that you were and her are about to become parents. So congratulations on that. Um, how have the last couple of months been for you knowing that you're about to become a father and how has Becky been doing, doing the whole thing?
1: Oh, it's all been good, man. You know, I mean, obviously, uh, with COVID and the pandemic, there's a lot of concern going around. Uh, you know, she wants to travel a lot less and understandably so. And, and, uh, you know, I'm coming down here every couple of weeks for taping and stuff like that. Luckily, The company's done a really good job lately of putting some good precautions in place to make sure that everyone's as healthy as possible. So there's less concern there. But yeah, I mean, overall, aside from, you know, that being in the back of her mind all the time, she's doing great, man. We're a uh, little over halfway there. And, uh, you know, we got a we got a baby room coming and we got everything set up. So. I think we're doing it right. You know, it's our first time. So, you know, I'm sure we're making tons of mistakes along the way, but we don't know because it's the first time. So um, yeah, we're, we're doing good and she's doing great. and uh, Everything's healthy.
0: That's awesome. Any chance that we see your future son or daughter become a WWE star down the road? Any talks about that so far?
1: Oh, God bless. Only and Jess, man. Uh, you know, <laughs> we've always made jokes about how we're just going to keep her away from the business away from, uh, the industry and away from social media and, and hope that they, they pick a different path, but, uh, who knows it'll be in their blood. So, uh, we'll Mm -hmm. see what happens.
0: Having won virtually every championship in WWE, almost every accolade, rumble, money in the bank, everything you could possibly imagine that there is right now to achieve. What are your goals going forward? Still trying to accomplish in the company and is having that formal WrestleMania main event among
1: them as well? Uh, yeah, it is. I mean, always being the last on the biggest show of the year is, you know, that's, 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 I won't, I don't want to say important, but it's certainly a goal. And I think once you stop having goals, you know, you probably got to move on and figure out something else to do. And so that's, that's one of them personally, but I don't know, man, I think for me, the next step is, is to just help out younger guys and younger talent and get the company, uh, in a, in a really good place. So, you know, if, if I, if I do, try to step away at some point in the future. Um, You know, there'll be people there that can handle it and take over and make sure that things go well and that they can pass on that information, um, you Mm -hmm. know, to the next group as well. And so just helping out younger guys, Um, obviously my wrestling school, I kind of try to do the same thing. Um, And then at the end of the day, man, I I want wrestling to be awesome. You know, like I, I, I want, I want, I want to take this show in in, Take it through the roof. You know, there's no, there's no, uh, not like the Money, that Messiah. It's a thing, it's a personality, it's the character, but it's also like I, I would love for Raw to, you know, be at the top of the cable ranking every single week and, and be mm-hmm. the most talked about thing around the water cooler and all that stuff. And so I love this industry more than anything. I've dedicated my whole life to it. And so I basically just want to do whatever I can to make it the best it possibly can be.
0: And you mentioned recently how long-term storytelling is something that you feel WWE has excelled at lately, specifically with you and Ray and the few that you guys have had dating back to when you first called them out on Raw back in November. Um, is there anything on Raw right now, or really just WWE in general, I guess, that you feel could be improved upon, whether it be more emphasis on a certain thing or you know, the tag team division or whatever? Is there anything that you hope to strive to improve upon with the company itself moving forward?
1: Oh man, ah shoot that's really tough because there's always stuff to work on and I mm-hmm. think, gosh, I think um, I, I think it's so hard to pinpoint you know one thing or two things really I, I, I think that um, I think that things are tough creatively right now in the mm-hmm. sense that, we you know we don't know where this whole thing is going to fall, and we're in you know we're in the performance center, so we're doing the best we can as far as what the aesthetic looks like, trying to get a crowd in there to make noise. Things just from a viewer's perspective, things just aren't quite the same. So if we could somehow, if we're going to go under the pretense that we don't know when live events are coming back uh, and when a live audience is going to be in here, the size of you know a sold out Boston Garden or whatever, um, I think I think making it more fan friendly, making it more aesthetically pleasing to an audience as a television show um might go a long way and, and again that's just kind of pulling pulling a, a rabbit out of a hat because there are so many things that we all need to work on every day not just the company but mm-hmm. uh you know myself the talent around me everyone you know from in the back the writers the, the consistency and the the conversations communication is everything could be better but it's so hard to pick you know, it's so hard to pick just one thing and say, ah, Mm -hmm. that's going to be the ticket. That's going to do it. You know, it's just a work in progress. And, and I think, you know, consistently going out there and doing your job the best you can and helping other people out is going to be the best way to to move Mm -hmm. the thing forward. For sure. Finally.
0: And uh, yeah, one final question for you with SummerSlam coming up next Sunday, you got an overall record of the event of five and one. Uh, Do you consider yourself to be in the Mr. SummerSlam conversation and who else would you put on that list?
1: Oh man. I mean I think Undertaker's got something like twenty six wins or something <laughs> at SummerSlam. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. He he's like Mr. Every Big Taker at this point. But um I, I mean, I will say my track record at SummerSlam with with bangers of matches has been pretty mm-hmm. good. I, I kinda looked back at my uh my history there over the past six, seven years or whatever it's been and I've had some I've had some pretty good moments and matches there. So I'm hoping this this match with Dominic can be another one we can add to the list. Hopefully
0: it should be great. Thanks so much for the time, Seth. Best of luck at SummerSlam and uh, best of luck to you. I appreciate the time. Thank you. Thanks again to Seth for the time. Had a great time talking to the Monday Night Messiah, but now we look ahead to SummerSlam and TakeOver 30 weekend. Mr. Marceau, welcome back to the show, brother, for the first time in two weeks. How you been? It's
2: good to be back out of retirement.
0: <laughs> you got a two-week suspension, but now it's been left lifted. Can't wait! Happy to be back to have you here on the show for SummerSlam prediction time. We're also talking NXT 30 predictions, but there are some news and notes that I want to get to before all of that. As it was quite the newsworthy week in the world of wrestling. i um, on the AEW side and WWE. Um, on the surface, real quickly. It was announced on Monday, WWE Thunderdome. We have no idea what it's going to look like, what it's going to sound like. Uh, we have a general idea. We won't really know until it's put into practice on Friday SmackDown. Of course, we're talking on Thursday. Um, we can always go into more, you know, in depth about this later on if we would like when it comes to SummerSlam, um, as that's where it's gonna be emanating from. From the Amway Center. We're gonna have a kind of a test run on Friday SmackDown, but SummerSlam will be the first real test. With virtual fans to see how this whole concept shakes out. Um, but what were your initial thoughts, Mister Marceau, on the Thunderdome? Does it give you hope, um, considering how well the NBA kind of used the, uh, used the that idea with um, the bubble in recent months?
2: I think it's a good idea. I mean, get some more fan uh, interactions. Not um, it's—I wouldn't even say tiresome. It just kind of run its course. With the whole PC trainees just banging on the glass and not really bringing that same like, fan involvement that it would be if there was a crowd. So, the NBA's done good with it. I know the NHL has experimented with it as well. So, um, I guess all I'm worried about is just wrestling fans are never probably the best people you want to put on the live mic. So, uh, <laughs> interesting to see if it's on, like, a delay or they kind of have, you kind of have to, like, sign something before you do it. And if you say anything stupid or something like that, you could be, like, get in trouble and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. I think it's done right. It could be done well. I mean... It's interesting. I think it's different. I like how they're going to go to the Amway Center. It's a different environment. I've kind of been uh, kind of over the PC at this point. It, it served its purpose at first, but now it's going kind to of run its course. It just I don't know. We see this PC every week. It's kind of it's got tiresome at this point. So I'm glad they're going to an arena doing this new Thunderdome concept. I'm I'm all in on it.
0: I'm cautiously optimistic. We talked a couple of weeks ago about NXT and or not NXT. I'm sorry. The main roster doing. The SummerSlam paper, if you want a boat, on a beach, whatever. Uh, we're not getting that, but this it seems to be an, a nice alternative. It's out of the PC. I mean, preferably, I would love to see the show outside. I think that would be cool. It just didn't exactly work out, unfortunately. But um, th- this will be nice. I think it's going to be cool. It could very well you know, crash and burn. It could very well be a dumb idea. You mentioned earlier, I don't know if wrestling fans are the right people um, to be putting in this type of environment. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we'll, I guess we won't know unless we try, so it's worth the shot. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I don't want to poop on it just yet, but we'll see after it's put into practice, like I said, this coming weekend with SummerSlam on Sunday and Friday's SmackDown. Um, NXT is remaining at Full sale. That is worth mentioning. So I, I thought they might be doing TakeOver, and I don't think they are unless something changed. I'm pretty sure they're still doing TakeOver 30 from Full sale on Saturday, so, hopefully that'll still be a good show. I thoroughly enjoyed TakeOver in your house, uh, especially with the setup. I don't know if TakeOver 30 is going to have a special setup. I guess we'll find out soon. But, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with it. So, that came out this past week. But, in addition to that, we found out on Wednesday that it looks like Renee Young is out on, is on her way out of WWE. Um, after having been with the company for, oh, man, seven, eight years now, I think I remember seeing her debut back at the 2013 Royal Rumble pay-per-view. So, Assume that she's been signed since a little bit before then. That's about eight years right there, almost a decade spent in WWE, Um, and that's a big deal. That's a very big deal. Renee Young has been all around WWE in an interview role, commentator role, um, host role, and a number of different platforms and programs, but she is reportedly on her way out of WWE probably as soon as SummerSlam weekend, which is... um, I was thinking, oh, she might be leaving soon, but Summerslam I completely forgot is this weekend, so this weekend might indeed by uh, might indeed be her final dates with the WWE. Um, before I get into my whole two cents on the situation, were you surprised by the news, Mister Marceau? or are you sad to see Mister? Uh, Marceau I was going to say Mister Marceau leave WWE. Renee Young, are you sad, Mister Marceau, to see Renee Young leave WWE?
2: Um, I wouldn't say I'm sad. I mean, she had a good run with uh, the WWE, I thought. Once once her husband left, I feel like I knew that her days would probably be numbered there. Um, I think she excelled well in the interviewee and, like, host role. I thought she was really good at that. Commentary wasn't her strong suit, and I'm glad they eventually just took her off commentary. I thought she was just not that great at commentary. So, I thought as a host and, and as, like, a backstage announcer, she was really good. But anything kind of past that, I would say, uh, she she left a lot to desire on that because they kind of groomed her to be like the first like woman commentary that they actually have full time and that kind of fizzled on Raw after a little while. But I think she was good talent. Um, Just they didn't always utilize her correctly, but I wouldn't say her WWE run was a flop or anything. I I think she did well for what what roles they had her in. I just I just maybe not her. Her role as a reporter or, like, a backstage announcer, like, it is important, but just not as important as, like, an announcer, I would say.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I think with her case, too, and I said this a while ago, I felt like the writing was on the raw uh, was on the wall as well after her husband left. But there's a lot of different factors. I mean, her husband left about a year and a half ago. Um, a lot like with AJ Lee, that was a little different. I mean, Punk just up and quit. Um, Dean Ambrose, you know, waited until his contract expired, jumped to the opposition. Where AJ Lee was not around for much longer after Punk had left a year earlier in 2014. She left right after WrestleMania in 2015. Um, But it's very rare that someone leaves, you know, like a a wife or a husband or a girlfriend whatever, and they stick around in that same company, and they remain together. And they have obviously remained, uh, you know, married the last year, of course. So it, it would make sense to me that she would leave. But also not just that, but also, you know, the COVID shit that she contracted the coronavirus a couple of months ago, likely because of this company. Um, In addition to being removed from raw commentary, not a great role for her, but they gave it a shot, wasn't great at it, but they took her off of raw commentary, they canceled her WWE Network show, they canceled Talking Smack, they canceled Backstage, like everything they've given this woman to do that she's thrived at, except for maybe the commentary stuff, they've taken her out of that role, and I think she's been doing the interviewing backstage recently on SmackDown at the PC, Um, if I'm not mistaken, but it's a very reduced role compared to what she was doing a year, two years ago. Um, So I can't say I'm surprised personally. Um, It does kind of follow a trend after Kathy Kelly left earlier this year. She's also She was kind of having a reduced role down in NXT the last year or so, I would say. Um, So it's not entirely surprising. But where do you think she ends up next, Mr. Marceau? She has a great, very strong skill set. I think she would thrive... Wherever she goes, whether it be in an ESPN, and AEW, maybe in a, uh, um, in a part-time role, and she could do other projects on the side, I think that's a very big possibility. I I I feel I feel like personally she might just be too good for professional wrestling. I feel like she just might, you know, be better than what they're giving her, whether it be in WWE or AEW, just in general.
2: No, I, I completely agree. I think I think you nailed the head. Like nailed around the head of the nail right there. I think ESPN would be like her as like a news anchor would be a perfect role for her. I think she's good in that role, like as a host or as an anchor. So I I think it's a little bit different, but I think like an ESPN host would be good, or even like maybe like a like a big news a big news uh, anchor. Mm -hmm. I think that's or I could see her down the line. I think she, I think for her skill set, it doesn't mold the best with especially how wrestling is nowadays like aw she was a backstage announcer you, you'd see her like once every month so um and and alec they're not gonna fire alex marvez that's that's tony Khan's friend so i mm-hmm. uh, don't know what else you're gonna do with it there so I, I think the world of sport as like an espn or a fox sports um as like a as like an announcer or like a like an anchor would probably be something like that or she could go like a more global platform just be like actually like a news anchor or like on one of those like nationwide shows.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not, you know, unheard of to see people from WWE jump ship to ESPN. We saw it with Todd Grisham. We saw it with Jonathan Coachman many years ago. Uh, Renee Young, I think, is better than both of them. And I think Grisham was okay at best. I, I thought Coachman was really good. But I think Renee Young's even better. She's very personable. I could see her doing, you know, like E or like Entertainment Tonight type of thing. Like she's really good in that type of role. She was on the score um, over in Canada before coming to WWE. So, really, anything along those lines, I think she would do really, really well at. And I'm excited to see what the future holds for her. Um, Kind of on the subject of AEW, real quickly. Uh, Not a lot of AEW talk here on the show, as we're going to be talking Takeover and SummerSlam primarily. Um, But AEW, as of today, as we're recording this, I'm glad we waited until today to record this. As it was announced earlier on on Thursday, that they're actually going to be allowing more fans to be welcomed back into the building starting um, next week. I think tickets go on sale, I I believe, tomorrow on Friday, and they're going to be welcomed back into the building at Daly's Place in Jacksonville next Wednesday. Or, no, I'm sorry, August 27th is when they're recording it. So that would be next Thursday, excuse me. So it wouldn't be a live show, I guess. But either way, or actually, I think Dynamite's next Saturday, so that would make sense. But anyway, um, it it is going to be a 10 15% capacity i assume they obviously are you know uh, hopefully testing people i know they're having them wear masks that's not enough they got to test people do temperature checks whatever um eh, i just i know they said 10 15% capacity i just not that it's i, I feel like today it's, it's not really worth it and i also just think it's too soon um what were your big uh, what what was your big takeaway what were your reactions to the news uh rj
2: um, I, I, not that I don't think it's like, I do, not that I don't think it's too soon because I know I, I went to an, I went to a NASCAR race like a month ago. Mm-hmm. In New I mean, it's, I think the, the only thing I would say is that when I went to the race in New Hampshire, like we were doing pretty good up here with COVID and, and like, it's not really a big thing in the Northeast anymore. Down in Florida. I mean, last time I heard it was one of the worst states with COVID right now, so. I understand they'll probably do temperature checks. I mean, I doubt they'll do more testing on people that are showing up. I think just, they'll just do the temperature checks just because that's more economic and more e- and easier. But with the state of Florida that they're in and being one of the highest states with coronavirus, I just I don't know if it's really worth it.
0: Yeah, just the fact that it's in Florida is a big thing, too, like you said, just because it is a hot spot. It has been for a while now, especially recently. And unless something changed that I'm not aware of, I just don't think that's a very smart idea. So... I mean, I trust AEW to do right by it. I just don't think the timing is appropriate. I would wait maybe like another month or so. Um, I mean, it is an outdoor venue. That helps, obviously, quite a bit. But um, we'll see what they do with it. We'll see, not what they do with it, but like we'll, we'll see how it shakes out if there are any issues. AEW has been very good so far, again, by and large, from what I understand, of uh, kind of keeping COVID limited. I know QT Marshall tested positive, not from AEW, but from like something else he does on the side, like his wrestling school, whatever. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping that it turns out, well, there are no horror stories coming out of it, but it's, it's something to keep an eye on for sure. And then one final thing before we move forward here, uh, with the predictions for TakeOver and SummerSlam, Goldberg, who was a part of SummerSlam last year, um, he actually confirmed himself, it's not a report, he said himself, I forgot to who, that he has actually signed with WWE between now through, I think, 2022, 2023, for two matches a year. So that is actually an update that we didn't know. Um, I figured he was only really being brought in for, you know, uh, one-shot deals. Like, he came back this past year for two matches. He wrestled at Super Showdown. He wrestled at WrestleMania. That's it. It would make sense. He wrestled two matches last year, too. He wrestled at the Super Showdown show. Then again at SummerSlam. So it seemed to make sense um, I know as a Goldberg fan yourself, RJ, you must be ecstatic with the news, and not only that, um, what are your thoughts on it, and who do you think are potential opponents left to face Goldberg in WWE that you want to say?
2: I mean, even though I'm a Goldberg fan, I'm have kind of i kind of over him in the ring at this point. I mean, I don't need to see I minute mean, squash matches, so um, I don't really know who else you do. I mean i just at this point in his career i just i'm just overseeing goldberg in the ring i'm sorry
0: yeah i mean so far we've got you know braun dolph undertaker um almost got roman reigns i guess you could do the roman reigns match for real this time whenever that whenever he comes back but that probably wouldn't be until next year i mean is it really worth waiting that long i feel like I feel like with Goldberg, if the story were to make sense, I'd be okay with it. Like Dolph, you know, him squashing Dolph in a minute. People pop, cool, you move on. I feel like the days of putting him in grand main events against The Fiend and and with Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns, I feel like those days are over. I feel like he doesn't have enough appeal in order for that to make sense. It was cool when he first came back a, a, a number of years ago. I thought that return run was terrific. And that WrestleMania match was probably the best match he ever had in WWE. But I think at this point it's just not really worth bringing him back for, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, like I said before, I'm a fan of his, and I'm, I'm kind of overseeing him in the ring any, anymore. Um, just not even that. I just the nostalgia at this point, just like it's kind of over. You've seen it. There's nothing really else for him to do, and just it just I don't, I don't, it's not like I'm like clamoring for another Goldberg match. Yeah.
0: Just,
2: I thought thought once he lost the Bron, maybe they bring him for like another one off. to they like get a win point left, but at this point I don't really want to see him like, squash anyone that's of any importance at this point.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I definitely agree. Uh, so we move on from that to TakeOver on um, this upcoming Saturday. I think, again, live from Full Sale, if I'm not mistaken. And then we got SummerSlam on Sunday, which we'll get into. Uh, a lot of predictions to get into here, but before we go any further with the predictions, real quickly, do you see any more matches being added to the TakeOver card? So far we got six... I, no, I'm sorry, we've got five on the main show. A 6-1 of the pre-show. Um, I know they were teasing Mercedes Martinez and Rhea Ripley. I know they were teasing... What was the other match? Um, uh, Brazango... Not Brazango. What's his name? Um, Isaiah Scott and um, Santos Escobar for the Cruiserweight Championship. I thought that'd be a great opener. Doesn't look like we're getting that, un- Unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, so this is a, a very good show on paper, but without those matches, do you think the show is missing something, RJ? Do you want to see those matches added? Do you think we will get those matches added before Saturday?
2: Um, I mean, I think Ripley, I was excited to so see Ripley-Martinez. And, and that that would be a pretty good match. Um, if they're just going to wait for that to do it on TV as like a big match, I'm fine with that as well. The six matches, I, I, they usually do five, so... If it's five on the main card and then that one pre-show match, I'm fine with. But I mean, I don't want to see it too clustered.
0: On the pre-show, we got a triple threat tag team match with the winners facing Imperium Adelator date for the NXT tag team titles. We got Brazongo, Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch and Legado del Fantasma. This has got to be a slam dunk win for Legado del Fantasma, right? I mean, they have yet to get a shot at the tag titles. They've gone undefeated so far. Brazongo have already gotten their shot. I don't know if Lorcan and Birch have faced Imperium yet. I feel like they have. Um, I just, I don't know. They're, they're good, but I feel like I'm past them. I'm past the point of them going for the belt. So, this has got to be a Legado del Fantasma victory, right?
2: I mean, it, it should be. Um, like you said, they beat Brazango. They beat uh, Lorcan and Birch. And just The only issue with that is, like, I like Legado del Fantasma, but it's another heel team, so it be heel versus heel again, so... Don't really love that, but they also have a challenge for the belt, so I think that would make the most sense. Um, I'm kind of afraid they'd face Lorcan and and Birch, but I'm going with uh, Legardo del Fantasma.
0: Yeah, no, I think so as well. Do you think they might be going for, like, an all-champion stable type thing?
2: They could. Um, I mean, I want Santos Escobar to get out of that Cruiserweight division ASAP but uh, and be, like more per- important, but uh, I think it would be cool, just I, I think it'd be cool if he was like North American champion or NXT champion, then just like the cruiserweight championship.
0: No, I agree. I think I mean we've we've talked about this before, but I think the ceiling is a lot higher than that cruiserweight division. Um on the main show just announced today, we got Finn Balor versus Timothy Thatcher at the show after Thatcher cost Balor his victory against Velveteen Dream on Wednesday. I could see this going either way. I want Thatcher to win, I think that'd be a big win. But Balor has lost a fair amount recently. You know, he lost that triple threat um, against Gargano and Lee about a month or two ago. He lost to Dream on Wednesday. I feel like he's been protected enough where he's just not going to lose here. And I think it would be a big win for Thatcher. It's the same thing with the Damian Priest thing from the last takeover, where I feel like Thatcher has a lot more to gain from um, beating Balor than Balor does beating Thatcher. So I think this should be a great match, a fresh match. It should be a lot of fun. Um, Balor is my pick, but I think Thatcher would be the better option here.
2: Yeah, I think it would be a good match as well. Um, Similar thoughts with you. I think Thatcher should win. It would be bigger for him and kind of rebound from a couple losses he's coming off of. But like like you said, Balor also has had a lot of losses as well. So I I think Thatcher should win here, but I'm going to go with Balor as well. I just... You know I mean, you kind of have to build Finn up a little bit. Not that I think his running X, he's been bad. I just, I don't know, it's kind of been very uneventful. Um, so maybe he could put over Thatcher and kind of make him worth meaning, but um, I kind of wish they were doing a little bit more with Finn and kind of utilizing his star power more than they've, they've done with him.
0: Do you think the time might be coming that he's going to be brought back to the main roster in the not-too-distant future?
2: Um, It's possible. I just... I don't know really where where you put him in at this point. If he's a heel, I guess you could have him challenge Drew, with Drew if he retains uh, somewhere down the line. But I also just think his run in NXT has been very, like I said, I just don't think it's been that eventful. So if he got brought back up the main roster, I don't I don't think he deserves like mm-hmm. I don't want to see him in the top program right away because I just feel like he hasn't really done much in NXT at all, really.
0: I've 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 really enjoyed the run overall. Um, I think he really hasn't done a lot lately. Um, I will say that I feel like they had him do the Priest match, and that was kind of where he peaked. I feel like he really hasn't done a lot since then. He was in the NXT North American Championship Triple Threat. He was off the show for like a month. Um, the Walter match has still got to happen at some point. I don't know if you still do that, if he's on the main roster. I don't know. I, I would keep him down in NXT for a little longer at the very least. I know SmackDown could probably use him a little more than Raw can, but both shows need top heels. I mean, I think SmackDown has The Fiend... Eh, who else did they really have? I don't I mean, Miz and Morrison are a joke. Um, God, I have no idea. Raw, I mean, they have Orton. Ziggler's a joke. Um, Bobby's kind of back down to be a mid card guy. They have Seth, of course, but they need more than that. Uh, AJ, obviously, on SmackDown, but he's currently the Intercontinental Champion. Sheamus, eh, they, if they build him back up, I guess he could work. But Finn on SmackDown, I think, would be a good fit. Um, I would keep him down there for a little longer though, and I want to see the Walter match at some point, depending on when it happens. But um, yeah, no, I've actually enjoyed the run. I think he's had a lot of good matches with Riddle. I thought the War Games match was great with with Riddle. Um, the Gargano match was great. I really enjoyed the Priest match. Hasn't done a lot since then though, so I would, I would like to see more from him in that respect going forward. Um, also on the show, we also have let's see here NXT Women's Championship Io Shirai Dakota Kai. Two of your favorites, Mister Marceau. Who are you siding with here?
2: Oh, Io, all the way. Come on, <laughs> I mean, she's the, she's she's amazing. But um, no, I'm excited for this match to be a fun match. They haven't really, I don't really recall them really building this up too much. And besides that, I think they had like a tag team match a couple weeks ago um, after Kai won. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think I think Io's so far been pretty done well since she's won the title, um, the Sasha feud, and kind of that was. Neat, it was kind of just a little one off though, but uh, should be a good match. I, I think EO wins here. Not sure exactly who you have her face next, maybe the winner Martinez Ripley sounds like would probably be the case, but uh, no, I think it should be a fun match. And uh, I have you, I would have EO go over,
0: yeah, I have EO winning as well. I feel like they got to build her up either for a rematch with Ria or Mercedes at some point, and that could be a lot of fun. Um, she's just kind of getting started as women's champion. It's too soon to take the belt off of her. But this should be great. We haven't seen Kai in, I don't think ever, the NXT Women's Championship conversation before now. And she's been there for a couple of years now. So she's been making the most of her heel run. I know you've been high on her heel run, so that's cool. And I'm lo- I'm looking forward to the match. This could be uh, really, really good. And I'm glad they're kind of positioning Kai as a threat by bringing back Raquel Gonzalez in Wednesday's NXT and kind of teasing the idea that Raquel might help her B.E.O. to win the championship. But I don't know that's going to happen. We get to Adam Cole versus Pat McAfee. Um, one-on-one here. I just... You know, I, we, we, we talked about this two weeks ago, dude. But the match, I assume, will exceed expectations. Pat McAfee's a genuine fan. Um, I think that the program has been well-built from the initial angle two weeks ago to what we saw on Wednesday this week, the promo from McAfee. Um, I, I think it's been well-built, But I feel like it's a lose-lose. I mean, Adam Cole's got to win. The guy's a former NXT champion, the longest reigning in in, in the brand's history, uh, arguably the best as well. You can't have him losing here, especially if he is primed for a main roster run at some point. I know people lose on their way out, but he shouldn't be losing to Pat fucking McAfee. I mean, again, no disrespect to Pat. Again, I think he's played his role remarkably well. But, I mean, do you have him win here with an undisputed era split? I mean, I just don't agree with that at all. I think that'd be incredibly stupid to break these guys up before they ever make it to the main roster. I think a, a baby-faced Cole at some point, and maybe at some point down the road on a Raw or a SmackDown, you could do that. But I feel like to break these four up before they even get to the main roster with the, you know, with the, uh, you know I don't want to say they're, that they're a draw, but they have a lot of merchandise, they're very popular, there still is more for them to do as a unit. I feel like that would be incredibly dumb at this point in time.
2: So, I agree with you, but I also like thinking about it. Like, maybe they, <laughs> this sounds so bad. Maybe they want to do the breakdown in NXT because they know that they're running Vince will just squander their run in the main roster and they'll go nowhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I think obviously they're better as a group, especially I feel like Roddy on his own. We've already seen that. I mean, I like Roddy, just he just I just think he needs to be in that group.
0: I don't I have think faith. F-
2: I think Fish and O'Reilly would be fine as a tag team. And then Cole on his own. I don't know. Just Vince. Just I just I think Vince will sour on him very quickly. So maybe that's why they're they they're kind of teasing it. Maybe maybe because they know their main roster will fuck him up because they fucked, pretty much have fucked everything up so far that had any promise. So uh, I think like I said, McAfee's done well in the program. I, I I don't think he should win here. Cole just was like the champion for over a year, lost one match, and now he's going to start losing to Pat McAfee. I mean, that doesn't really make much sense. So uh, hopefully Cole wins here, and they don't split up Undisputed Era, but maybe they do, and I don't really know the direction they go from there. But I, I think Cole will win. I think like you said, I think it will be a good match, um, but I'm just kind of afraid of the outcome.
0: I think you just do the old classic where McAfee comes close to winning, and then, and then Cole wins in the end. Um, I don't know if I would have Undisputed Era interfere. I think that would be, again, pointless because it's Pat McAfee. And they're not building him up. I mean, they could always bring him back for more matches, and that kind of seems like that that's what they might be doing. This is kind of like a test run for him. Um, but I wouldn't have him win here. I feel like Adam Cole, that's just shitting on everyone that Adam Cole's faced up to this point, including everyone he beat, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, Velveteen Dream, Finn Balor, Daniel Bryan, for God's sakes, Matt Riddle, it'd be ridiculous. So I, I really hope Adam Cole wins here. I think he will win here. Uh, we get to the NXT North American Championship ladder match to determine the all-new NXT North American Champion after Keith Lee vacated the belt last month. Um, this is really a who's who here. I can honestly say that any one of these men could win, and to me it would make sense. Aside from from a realistic standpoint, thinking outside of the booking here, Velveteen Dream. Um, I just don't think that would be smart... From a PR standpoint right now, I don't think it would be smart from a booking standpoint. He was already the champion for, what, seven months last year? I don't need to see that shit again. I like Velveteen Dream. I just don't think that's necessary. With all the shit going on right now around uh, surrounding him, to put him back in the spotlight, to have him win the championship, I think would be incredibly stupid. So I really hope that doesn't happen. Um, but we have Velveteen Dream, Johnny Gargano, Damian Priest, Bronson Reed, and Cameron Grimes. And again, I'm happy with pretty much anyone but Dream. Uh, Gargano, yes, is a former champion, but he never really got a real run with it. He had it taken away from him. He got beat for it by Dream, actually, um, like two or three weeks in. So that's an option. Cameron Grimes, I'm not the biggest fan of the guy, but he's kind of grown on me. He's very good in the ring. He's been given these opportunities. He's made the most of them. I could see that happening. Um, Damian Priest, I'm a fan of his. He's come a long way, and... Bronson Reed as well. I think he's also one to watch. He's been very good. I mean, given that you know spotlight recently, and he's made the most of it. So I'm looking forward to this match. Um, but of the six, though, I think Cameron Grimes is probably the most likely, just because of how they pushed him up to this point. So, uh, yeah, I think Cameron Grimes wins here. But uh, what, what's your analysis of this ladder match, Mr. Marceau, Who who are you picking here among the uh, among these stars in the Black and Gold brand?
2: No, I completely agree with your with your assessment there. I think anyone could win this, and it wouldn't be like wow that was stupid. I think they've all been built well. Maybe I'd agree. Dreams probably the only person that I'd be like why, just because a PR standpoint, what he's been through, and he just just got back. I just I don't, I don't want to see him in the title picture. But I, I was I'm leaning more probably either Priest or Grimes. Um, not a big Grimes fan as well, but they have pushed him a lot. He is a good wrestler. I just don't really find his character that entertaining and really good at all but I think in the ring he's good and then Priest they've been pushing well as with this new kind of babyface character um but uh I'm gonna go with Priest to be a little bit different I, th- I think they've been pushing Priest as well I think this might be his big win that he finally gets um they can push him well as this new like deep voice speaking baby face so that's like kind of like a badass um but I'm gonna go with Priest to go a little different but I wouldn't be shocked if grabs one here
0: yeah, no, I think Grimes is probably the most logical pick, but uh, I, I, I'm i pulling for Reed. I think Reed is really good, and I'm, I'm very happy with how they've been giving him more of a push in uh, in 2020, and, or at least in the last couple of weeks, which is cool. But um, yeah, Gargano would be nice to see again. Priest, I think, needs it. We've talked about this before. The guy needs a big win. This would be it. Um, I think the issue, the only thing I see with Priest, the only problem I see with Priest winning is that he's already faced most of the midcourt on this show. He's already feuded with Finn Balor. He's already feuded with Cameron Grimes. He's feuded with Bronson. He hasn't feuded with Bronson, but he's lost to Bronson. I don't know. I just feel like I I don't know really what you would do with him as champion. Maybe him and Dream? Maybe? That would be interesting, I guess. I don't know. I I think Grimes is going to win. But my guilty pleasure would be Bronson Reed. I think he's really good and uh, I think it would be a cool moment. We get to the main event. Uh, Keith Lee carrying Cross for the NXT Championship here. Um, a bit too soon, but I thought the video package they put together promoting this fight on Wednesday's NXT was really well done. And you know what? One thing you can't say about this match is that it's predictable. You know, you could always, like, for example, if you put Balor in here or you put friggin' you know, Chapa in this spot or whatever, you kind of know, okay, Keith Lee is not losing. Or you you, you know he's going to retain the championship. It's predictable as all hell. This is not predictable. I could very well see Keith Lee winning, and I could also very well see Cross winning as well. Before I give my prediction, RJ, who you got? Jesus
2: Christ! I figured you're going to make me go Putting first. Putting
0: you on the spot, brother.
2: I figured. Um, It's just tough. Like you said, I don't think it's predictable. I just, um, I think you got to. Honestly, you got to go all the way. I'm going to go with Cross here. I just, they've been pushing him a ton, and. If you're gonna do the push correctly, you got to go all the way with it. So, even though Keith Lee just won the belt, I mean, I don't think he needs a long reign. I think he's had a good NXT run in the last, like, since since he had that match from Survivor Series and then in the Rumble. I feel like he's been probably one of the hottest superstars in NXT. Definitely doesn't really need the belt. And I think a main roster push is coming soon. So, I'm gonna go again. If you're gonna do the push, do it all the way. Give it the cross here. Give him a huge win over Keith Lee. Do a rubber match somewhere. Do another match on the line. And then, then Keith Lee on the main roster. But I'm going to go with go Cross here.
0: Interesting choice. I, again, I could see this going either way. Um, I would be happy either, with either one of these guys winning. I think both guys are great. Cross has been on fire since showing up. Keith Lee has had an amazing 2020. I think it's too soon for Lee to lose. I really do. Um, And I, I don't know. I just. I don't want to say that Adam Cole should have retained and then have Cross beat him because that, I mean, this makes more sense. Uh, I don't know. I, I, you know, it's, it's tough, dude. It's tough. I'm going to say Keith Lee. And I'm going to say Keith Lee. And they're not going to do, like, a no contest. And I mean, we, we've seen that in the main event of TakeOver before. I'm not a big fan of that, um, especially for your 30th installment. Just not a big fan. Um, I, I'll say Ciampa may factor into the finish because we really, you know, we, we haven't seen him at all since um, Cross killed him at TakeOver. That the last one. So he might factor into the finish. Cost... Cross the win, and they can continue that feud, and then Keith Lee continues on as champion. I could see that as well, but I'm, I'm happy either way. This should be a great match, a great show. Well, one final question for you, RJ, on the uh, TakeOver front before we move on here. With it being TakeOver 30, what would you say, and I asked the same question to Triple H the other day, what would you put, and I know this is over, you know, it's asked ad nauseum, what four matches would you put on your NXT Mount Rushmore matches list for the four greatest NXT matches in the brand's history that you can think of
2: <laughs> of the kid puts me on the spot again <laughs> um, I mean, Bailey and Sasha from Brooklyn won yep. easily Um, I mean, I like both these matches, but I'd probably say I mean, I'm probably biased and I love the moment more than I think the moment was the match from
0: knew exactly where you're going with this from the last the, year, right?
2: Yeah, the match from Brooklyn 3, or New York, whatever the hell they were going to call on that one, was better. But I think the moment of Cole winning at 25 was bigger than the match itself. So I'd say Cole and Gargano from TakeOver 25. I fucking love that match.
0: <laughs> I know you do.
2: Um, Andrade and Johnny at TakeOver Philly. Yep. And I will say Sean. Yeah. Um, I'll go with the ladder match from NXT New Orleans as was,
0: well. God damn it. The kids stole my answer. I'm pissed. <laughs> I am pissed. I was going to say I don't want to say Cole and Ciampa. I mean the thing is though with Cole and Ciampa it was an amazing match. I think Gargano and Andrade was better. Um, but that match is on the same level as that ladder match that you just mentioned. So if you're going to pick one or the other, for the sake of variety, because we already have Gargano on here twice, I would put the ladder match on there. Because, I mean, they both got five stars. They're both amazing. I would say that. So I I completely agree. I I honestly have nothing to argue with you on there. I I think that whole match, that whole list is amazing. Um, I would also say, um, I would say Nakamura and Sammy. From the TakeOver Dallas shows. An honorable mention. That was a great match. I would also put on there Kevin Owens and... I uh, not, eh, not Kevin Owens. Um, Sammy and Neville from TakeOver R-Evolution. Great match as well. You might be able to put Sasha and Becky on there. Um, that was more for what it meant for Becky. As a real like coming out party type thing. But it was a great match. Um, there's just so many to mention. There's just so many matches. But um, I think you got a good core group of matches right there. Um, there's just too many to count. And uh, as far as Takeovers, real quickly, it's, it's got to be Takeover New York. um, Fuck, uh, maybe the first Takeover Brooklyn show? Or Takeover Brooklyn 3? Uh, what would you say, Mr. Marceau? There's so many good ones. Takeover New Orleans for sure as well. What other ones come to mind?
2: The best Takeovers? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Um... <laughs> No, I, I think, NXT, like I said, I think the one that we went to last year was considered New York, even though it was in Brooklyn, right? Yes, yeah. But NXT New York would be... I, know, I really do like NXT New Orleans, too. Um,
0: I mean, they'd both be on there.
2: Yeah, I'd give those 1A, 1B. I think they both really good shows. Um, I really do like Brooklyn 3, too. Uh, so, like, <laughs> there's so many good ones that I, I thought I would go and look over the cards again. I don't really remember. Like, besides... I think I think Owens and Finn was at NXT Brooklyn one. Is that right? It
0: was and Sasha and Bailey.
2: Sasha Bailey. I'd probably have to go back, but I mean NXT Brooklyn three was good. Uh, all the War Game shows have been really good. Um, damn, it's so it's so hard because I feel like even all the shows that we've been to were really good as mm-hmm. well.
0: Philly was great. Philly, yep, twenty five.
2: Twenty five was great. Um. Like looking at the old installments, like like back in the full sale day, they had good shows, but I wouldn't say they were their greatest they've ever had. Um, those NXT Toronto's, I feel like those shows are always fun.
0: The Chicago shows were good too.
2: Was, the only one I can remember, the one that we went to, that I just, like Orlando. Orlando was good. Orlando was good. <laughs> it just wasn't great. Like it, I feel yeah. like that was probably one of the biggest takeovers they've ever done. Definitely. Um, not that there was a lot of filler, but just like a lot of like I think I think that show was like you look at it on paper as a predictable card. Mm-hmm. I think that kind of hurt that one, which usually the shows aren't really that predictable. But no, I, I, I would say Takeover, uh, New York, New Orleans, Brooklyn one, and yeah, I don't know for the last one. Like I said, there's so many cards I'd have to look at. <laughs> I like, I really liked Philly. I enjoyed Philly as well. so I'll put that in just because we were there. But I, like I said, I remember watching one of the Torontos with you. That was a good show. NXT London, wasn't that one? The one London that was, was like, a
0: great show as well, yeah. Was a great
2: show, but I, like I said, I haven't seen so long, so I just totally forgot about it at the last second. So mm-hmm. I did want to pick, pick, pick through and see uh, which ones, but uh, they've had so many, it's obviously hard to count.
0: Yeah, it's really tough. I'd put Our Evolution maybe on there too um, with the Sammy Neville main event, the debut of Kevin Owens. Um, the Balor debut, Sasha Charlotte, um, some of those shows like the fucking Fawd villain versus the Lucha Dragons takes away from it. But overall, it's it was, at, for the time it was like, oh my god, this is the greatest show I've ever seen. And then Takeover New York happens, and it's like, oh my god, like how can it get any better than this? So um, I totally agree. We move on over to SummerSlam on Sunday first for the United States Championship, Apollo Cruz versus MVP again. For the fourth time in like three or four months. Listen, I think these guys have good matches. I love MVP being back. I'm a big MVP guy. I've enjoyed Apollo's reign. This really, it, dude, at the end of the day, this really should have been Apollo versus Bobby Lashley. MVP got beat, it got beat as clean as a fucking sheet on Raw recently. Why are they doing the match again? I don't understand it. MVP doesn't deserve another shot. The match wasn't amazing enough to the point where I want to see a rematch. Enough already. I don't fucking care. Bobby and Shelton barred from ringside, so you know they're not... Maybe if they gave you a new member, that's the only way I could see them getting around this. And if they do, honestly, this would never happen. But, like, I would love to see Samoa Joe join the group. I think Joe on his own would be fine, obviously. But I think him and the group, him and MVP have a history... Yeah, he's he's kind of side of the MVP recently Anytime they've interacted on the show. I think that'd be fucking sick. He just jumps off the desk and beats the shit out of Apollo. That would be cool. Um, I don't see that happening. I think Apollo wins and he deserves a little bit more time as champion. But on the surface though, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, dude, I just don't care about another match between these two at SummerSlam. It feels like it's not SummerSlam worthy.
2: Yeah, I mean, it feels like it should be next week for payback.
0: Yep, exactly. Uh, exactly.
2: <laughs> is, like you said, and. and it just—it's just definitely not needed for Summerslam, like you said. It should be either it should be either Bobby or Shelton. I mean, we've seen MVP lose plenty of times. Like you said, it could be maybe they have Cedric. I mean, they've been teasing Cedric possibly joining the Hurt business, so maybe have him align with them, or maybe have him come out and help Apollo. And then I just—I'm over MVP and Apollo. I think MVP and the whole Hurt business—it's—it's it's been one of the brighter spots on Raw. Um, I mean, minus the twenty-four-seven bullshit, but. um I just I don't need to see this match again. I've seen it on Raw too many times, and I don't care enough. So
0: yeah, oh, it a decent know.
2: match on SummerSlam. No.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like we've we've already seen it enough to the point where just to do it again, I don't agree with. Um, they have such a good mid card on that show with Andrade, Mustafa, Cedric, Ricochet, Bobby. Like you don't need to be having MVP go for the championship again. The guy should be a manager at this point, point. and I wouldn't even hate the idea of him winning the championship. But I just think doing it again on this SummerSlam show is a mistake. I really hope they bump it to the kickoff show. But I feel like that's kind of a disservice to Apollo because he got bumped off of um, Backlash. And then he wasn't on the last show either. He wasn't at Extreme Rules apparently because he had COVID or something. He just wasn't around. Um, So that wouldn't really be fair to him. But hopefully they keep it short, sweet, Bobby wins. Or I'm sorry, um, Apollo wins with no Bobby, no Shelton. And then we can move on from there. Um, some breaking news, real quickly, before we go any further. Just saw this NXT earning eight hundred and fifty-three thousand viewers on Wednesday. Not all that surprising, without AEW Dynamite opposing it. Um, that's probably right in the wheelhouse of what you were expecting, right, RJ? Yeah,
2: I think they've. I mean, it's a little bit no- more than they normally get. They usually around like the seven, seven fifty range. So it could be a little bump because no uh, AEW decent numbers. I mean then the day of the developmental like you said that I don't think they've done a real good job advertising matches they haven't really given too much away on tv as well um, that's kind of like nxts always been even with their one hour format they kind of give you all the big matches on on the takeover show so not too surprising i mean i guess like they're probably like vince and stuff are pissed that they're not winning the ratings war but like it the, realistically they shouldn't win so Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, just have good shows. That's all that I care about. And uh, I guess, like I said, I think the shows, we discussed this before when we went on the phone, um, but I think they've had good shows. It's not very must-see, like you said, before they were really were must-see, but
0: mm-hmm.
2: I just, I, as we discussed as well, it just, the know crowd just very feels very unlively. It just kind of feels there. It just it has like a dark, ominous feel to it as well. At least with Raw and stuff, it's very bright, and it's kind of like, Tracks your eye with NXT. It's like they're fucking wrestling in a closet. It's just like <laughs> yeah. dark, very quiet, and just just kind of there. So I was kind of hoping they were going to go to the Thunderdome. Just a new, I think a new scenery could help them out a little bit. Um, they're not doing that, unfortunately. So um, we'll see. But uh, I've enjoyed NXT a lot. Um, I just think they need to do a little bit more to make people want to watch it. Like I, I couldn't say last time I watched NXT live. Mm-hmm. I, Usually watch, even the, even, I usually watch Dynamite Live every week.
0: I mean, you didn't yeah. watch it live last night, did you?
2: Uh, no, I didn't. Actually, I watched, <laughs> I, like, I watched Rockets and whenever it wasn't steady because I was pissed that AEW wasn't
0: on. <laughs> See, but that's yeah, a problem I, right there. If you're not watching NXT when there's no competition, that means there's something wrong with the show to the, to the point where it's not interesting. It's not Yeah, I didn't watch
2: NXT Live last
0: night. I honestly forgot it was even on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I can sure, totally like, agree.
2: You, you said it well before we started this, that I think the crowd, definitely, especially with the crowd, is big for NXT, and just, it's kind of missing that right now, because like you said, the actual format of the shows and stuff has never changed, really. It's kind of been the same. I just think, with how it's going now, especially running up against AEW, they need to advertise more, and just, give, not give away matches, but just give me more interesting things going on, the game, that's like, that's one thing that AEW does well, is they advertise a ton of matches, so you know what's going to be on the show. Someone like me, I have my quirks of people like, if I know like MJF or Hangman are going to be on the show, guess what? I'm going to be watching the show from 8 to 10. If I don't know who the hell is going to be on NXT, I'm not going to watch it first because I don't know who else is on it. Mm-hmm. I like, get a CEO and I get freaking Aaliyah.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: should yeah, be better advertising, I think that could go a far way. But like I said, I also know that they probably aren't going to give away a lot of stuff on TV as well.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, they, they, they have before. Like, we got the fight pit a couple of months ago. They did Lee and, and Cole on free TV for the title change. So I know they could do it. I don't want to see... I, again, it, it's about balance. I don't want to see them give away Balor and Lee on free TV or, um, you know, whatever. I, like, Cross and Lee, the first encounter, should be a takeover. Like, I get that. Like, I understand. They just got to do a better job of promoting some of this stuff in advance Uh, Not the takeover stuff, those are always great, but like the actual TV show, I agree with. The crowds not being there, again, it's not their fault. It's not like, oh man, their creative sucks. Like, it's a good problem to have, to a certain extent, because it's out of their control. Like, with Raw and the show sucks, that's just because the show is terrible. Like, crowd or no crowd, it could be fucking, um, what's that that city in Texas that we hate? Um, Corpus Corpus Christi. I mean, this show, is it doesn't even matter. It could be Corpus Christi and the show's still terrible. NXT, the creative's always good. The, the thing lacking for me are the fans. It was cool to see the rating improve. I don't really put too much stock into that stuff. I enjoy the shows for what they are based off the content and not how many people are watching. But, yeah, I totally agree. Um, but back to SummerSlam with the Raw Tag Team titles. The Street Profits versus Andrade and Angel Garza. Listen, I think the match is going to be good. Um, I, I'm, I mean, I know it's going to be good, because their first match on Raw about a month ago was good, but that's the problem. Why the fuck would you give that away if you knew you were going to be doing it at SummerSlam? They literally had these guys become the number one contenders a week later. Why would you do that? I don't understand that. Um, it should be good, though. I think the whole food poisoning thing was fucking dumb. Um, it, it felt like a stupid storyline out of the third season of 13 Reasons Why, um, I'm just not a fan. It felt like something that Monty would do. I'm sorry, but uh, yeah, I gotta get that. I had to get that uh reference in there. I, I'm looking forward to the match. I'm just not a for. I'm not a whole fan of the food poisoning shit.
2: Yeah, I mean, like you said, maybe that's why they had it. That's why they had to give away at first a free TV. I had to come up with a nice uh storyline to get people on So they gotta find a nice little food poison to get my interest. So it has to be on SummerSlam now. But uh, I think the match will be great. The storyline's been. Like, really stupid, but I think the match will be good. I think we have new tag team champions, hopefully. Um, I just, I I don't, I've, the the Street Barbers have grown on me, but I just, the whole, they just don't really care about the tag team. So, even if Garza and and Andrade win, where does that really put you? So, I think it'll be a good match. I'll go with Andrade and Garza, um, but it's not like it really changes anything.
0: Now, well, I will say, though, them winning, I like the idea of them winning. The Street Profits, I I thoroughly enjoy, but they've had their run over the last five months. There's no one left for them to face unless they brought up Undisputed Era. Um, I think Andrade and Garza got to win here. Two questions. First, do you think they could continue their alliance with Orton and then they have all the gold?
2: Yeah. They could. I just don't think, like, I don't don't think they mesh well with Orton. Like, like, I liked when they did FTR and Orton. I liked that, like, little pairing. I agree. Andrade and Garza, I just, I like them with Selena, just on themselves.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, second thing, what, what really excites me about this is not really the match itself, but what might come out of it. Andrade and Garza, picture this, Andrade-Garza versus, for the Raw Tag Team titles, Rey Mysterio and Dominic. What'd you pay to see that?
2: I wouldn't pay to see it, but I'd be excited
0: to watch it. Okay, that's what I meant to say. I don't know if any. I don't know if you would pay to see anything really these days, but would, would you? <laughs> that was a bad question. So you would want to see that match, is what I'm saying.
2: Yeah, that would be a fun
0: match. Yeah, I think it'd be cool. I think that. I think it's ultimately where they're going with this. Um, I think Rey Mysterio and Dominic is the end game of the whole Rollins thing. Well, let, we'll talk about that real quickly. Seth Rollins versus the debuting Dominic at Summerslam this Sunday. Dominic getting his first taste of in-ring action. I'm not sure how many matches he has under his belt at the PC. Um, I I don't think he's actually wrestled an official match ever, I don't think, on the independent independent scene, wherever, I don't know, like dark matches and shit. So it's going to be a real test for him. And um, I will say this, they have built up the storyline very well. Gotta give props to Dominic, and I'm not just saying this because he's Rey Mysterio's son and I'm a Rey Mysterio fan, but he's come across really, really well in the last month. He took those kendo stick shots like a champ about a week and a half ago. He's come across well on the mic. They have Samoa Joe kind of there to do the talking for him, Rey Mysterio too. Um, Having that Rey connection obviously helps to give people a reason to care about this kid. It's a logical storyline. You're 15 years removed from that custody of Dominic ladder match. Um, A guilty pleasure of yours, RJ, I know, from SummerSlam05. I think the whole thing is cool, and you have a great opponent in there, and Seth Rollins, who you know is going to make this thing work. It's a lot like with Cole and McAfee, although I feel like on steroids, because it's just a lot more exciting, natural, logical, whatever. Um, And then the match is going to be better, too. So, again, I feel like it's another Cole McAfee situation, where Dominic can take Rollins to the limit and really... You know, gets a lot of offense in before losing. That's what I want to see here. But uh, yeah, the whole thing is—I'm looking forward to this. Really, I didn't think I would be going in, but based off how they've built it up, I, I'm really excited to see what they do with this. So, what have your thoughts been on the feud, RJ, and who do you see going over here?
2: I thought the, I think the feud's been great. It's like you said, storyline basic makes a lot of sense. Seth Rollins literally blinded his father. Um, he's fighting for his family. I mean, I think. It's a great storyline. It's not like your stupid WWE one, like you just food poison someone. But um, no, I've been very in- entertained by Dominic. Like you said, I liked how Joe has helped a lot with the talking, and same with Ray. Um, it makes sense. Fifteen years removed from that amazing of Dominic match. Wonder if they're gonna bring Vicky back by chance. So when Dominic needs help, he can yell where the fuck's Vicky. <laughs> That'd be great, but um, no, I'm very entertained. I think, like you said, I hope this. I think, I think Rollins is going to win. I mean, if he doesn't, it's kind of silly. Um, but I think Rollins wins here. Maybe maybe you have Dominic somehow win, and then Rollins gets his win back at, at, at Payback next week. They could always do that as well, like a little screwy finish. Then they do some kind of match of Payback. Rollins wins there. I would have Rollins just win here at SummerSlam. It makes the most sense. Um, but I think it would be a good match. I think Rollins can carry him. They're good match. I think the stipulation helps as well. And that street play, he's not like a one-on-one like, singles match. I'm not expecting a five-star classic mat performance here by Dominic, but uh, I think the stipulation will help. I think it'll be great. I'm very intrigued. It's probably, one of, probably the second most looking forward match I am on this card, so I'm a uh, big Rollins fan, big Ramsdero fan. guess you can lump Dominic in there as well. Uh, I think it should be a good time.
0: I'm a fool for forgetting to mention the fact that it's a street fight. Do you think that could help Dominic here with some interference from Rey Mysterio. Do you think there is a chance that Dominic wins?
2: I think there's a chance. I don't, I don't really want him to win here. I think, I I think like you said, pushing Rollins to the limit and then, then him winning Rollins winning would be the, would be ideal, but, uh, but it's possible. I think with payback so close, they could do a lot of rematches on that show. Maybe some screwy finishes or stuff like that. So they kind of just close up those ends. Um, but I would have Rollins
0: win here. Well, speaking of payback, do you think we see Dominic and Ray versus uh, Rollins and Murphy at that pay per view? I mean, personally I would save it for a future show. I wouldn't blow that in a fucking week. But I think that's it sounds pretty likely at this point with the pay-per-view taking place a week from Sunday.
2: Yeah, I mean I think it's possible. I, I would I would let it build a little bit more, but who knows? Maybe hey, maybe they could do a number one contenders match the tag team championships and Dominic
0: the, and, Ray, and who knows. Very possible. I would much rather see that. Uh, So we move right along here to Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. You talked about matches you were excited for. This is one of them for me. Um, Again, I don't know if this is a stretch to say, but I feel like this has been one of the best-built feuds for the women in WWE in a long time. And they've had a lot of good feuds, and it's not even from like... You know, Sasha and Charlotte had a great feud because the matches were amazing. Sonya and Mandy have had one match, um, and it was actually good. It was like a five-minute match a couple of months ago. What has made this feud so good are a number of things. First of all, they're legitimately good friends in, be- in real life. Uh, legitimately best friends. So they have that chemistry already built in. They have history dating back to their tough enough days. Uh, they work well in the ring together. Sonya Deville's really killing it on the mic right now. Mandy Rose has really grown into the, you know, uh, likable babyface role. I didn't know if she would be good in that role. She has been so far. She's not just Otis's boyfriend. She's not just eye candy. She's her own person, and I love the promo she cut on... Uh, on SmackDown last week. I'm really looking forward to this. I really am. It's a hair versus hair match. We don't see that too often in WWE. It makes sense. The stipulation makes sense with the story that they're going with for this feud. Um, It's kind of predictable. I mean, Sonya's definitely going to lose here just because Mandy has already cut her hair once. I don't see it happening again. But, um, yeah, I think Sonya loses. And I've really enjoyed this feud, honestly. I think they've been killing it. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where they go from here. It's not, again, not often that we see hair-versus-hair matches with the women in WWE. I think the last one might have been the Molly Holly one with Victoria and WrestleMania in, uh, I think, WrestleMania 20. And that wasn't even hair-versus-hair. It was only a Victoria won, then Molly would Holly Molly Holly would have to have her head shaved. I mean, Molly Holly won, she would have just become the women's champion. So, it's a ballsy stipulation. We just don't see them in general in WWE. But, again, for SummerSlam, I'm looking forward to it. And I'm really hoping they don't pull some cop-out bullshit where it's like, oh, Mandy wins... And then like they they pull out fucking Raquel Gonzalez and they shave her head because she looks like Sonya. And it's like oh I thought it was Sonya. Like oh come on, like I don't want to I don't want to see this NXT bullshit. Like when they did it with Marcus Louis five six years ago and they shaved or no it was Sylvester LaFort they were gonna shave his head and they ended up shaving Marcus Louis head instead. Like no you don't fucking do that dude. You deliver on the stipulation. If you want to do that shit, then you fucking do the stipulation. I don't get that. So, anyway, I think Mandy Rose wins.
2: I mean, I think Mandy wins, but I, I don't know. I feel like for some reason I wouldn't be shocked if Sonya won here. Um, I, I'm very intrigued, though. Like you said, I think it's had a long, good build. I think they've done great together. The mic work from both of those has been good. I think Mandy's thrived as a babyface, and I think Sonya's finally got her footing as a heel. So, definitely excited for this match. I love the stipulation. I Now that you... I didn't even think of it before, but you put those bad thoughts in my mind, they could do some kind of Tom Fleury and just, like you said, <laughs> shave <laughs> Gonzalez head instead because he kind of looks like Tonya. Um, hopefully we get a, just a clean stipulation someone's head gets shaved. Um, it, like you said, it, it seems like it wouldn't make sense because Mandy got a haircut, but I mean, hey, they could still shave her head. So I, I'm going to say, so, I, think, so, I think Mandy's going to win, um, but I don't think it's as predictable as you think it is.
0: No, I mean, yeah, I'm not saying there's no chance that Sonya loses, but I feel like of all the matches on the show, honestly, this is the one that I definitely see ending with Mandy Rose winning. Just because Mandy's got to get her... She's got to give Sonya her comeuppance at some point. Sonya beat her initially, so I feel like Mandy's owed to win. And I feel like Mandy... Like, for example, if Mandy loses here, and they do a rematch of Payback, and then Mandy wins, a bald Mandy Rose wins... Who gives a fuck? Is Sonya already shaved her head? Sonya wins. Whoever gets their head shaved is a loser. Is a loser. Why would Sonya give a fuck about losing a wrestling match when Mandy Rose is already bald? I just, I don't get that. So, that, I mean, <laughs> hey. Yeah. What'd you say?
2: I, I get it. I mean, maybe. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe they should have done just a one-on-one match here. Then done the hair versus hair at Payback. Because so I know they could be both be one, one and one, and then the rubber match would be for your hair. But...
0: Yes, I agree with that. Yeah. I agree.
2: But no, I'm still excited. I mean, I mean, I know that what we just said sounded better, but I'm definitely excited either way. I, I, I think, obviously, sewing again her head shaved makes more sense, but I think it would be interesting to see if they shave Mandy's head, honestly.
0: I'm interested either way. It's not often that we see many um, bald women in WWE. I know we had Serena many years ago at the Straight Society. We had... Uh, Mel doing the same thing in AEW, and she's terrible. Um, It's not often they do this shit. Again, Molly Holly, she was a trooper. She did it. It's not often they do it. It's it's a very rare thing. I mean, then you have fucking Braun Strowman showing up bald on SmackDown last weekend. I mean, I would have used that for a storyline, whatever. Um, I guess they're kind of attributing it to, like, maybe it was because of The Fiend that he did it. I don't know. But either way, I'm looking forward to this a lot. We move on along to the Raw and SmackDown Women's Championship matches. We got Bailey versus Asuka, and we got Sasha Banks versus Asuka as well. No talk on which one of these matches will be first. Um, I assume it would be Asuka and Sasha because Asuka and Bailey is kind of the bigger deal, um, just because Bailey's been champion a lot longer. You can have Bailey and Asuka first. Bailey wins, and then Asuka faces Sasha. It's like, oh, of course Sasha's gonna win. I mean, Asuka's tired, and then she beats Sasha. Either way, it doesn't matter how they do this. Asuka has got to win the Raw Women's Championship, bring the belt back to Raw, and Bayley's got to retain. Bayley has got to lose that belt after a year. She's got to lose that championship to Sasha Banks. I don't want to see the Sasha, I don't want to see the SmackDown Women's title on fucking Raw just because the Raw Women's Championship is on SmackDown doesn't mean you do it the other way around. Let's cease this shit right now. Put the belt back on Asuka, you build the Asuka and Shayna like you should have for this show. And then you can continue the Sasha Bailey shit. They can't remain together forever. They're defending the Tag Team titles of payback. They should lose those belts there as well. You gotta build the Bailey and Sasha at some point. I would start right now. Um, so I think Bailey's got to win. I think asuka has got to win the other match against Sasha. That's how I would book this thing. I fucking hate the idea that they've given away these both of these matches multiple times on free TV in the last month or two. I mean, Oscar's faced Bailey like five times now, and 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 Oscar's won every single time. Uh, Bailey's got to beat her on Sunday. They literally just did the match on Raw. Sasha and Oscar had the match at Extreme Rules. They had the rematch on Raw. Enough is enough, dude. We got to move on from this Bailey Sasha bullshit. I am not a fan. I am not a fan at all. And I think that's got to that that's got to be the, the way that this thing goes down with Bailey retaining and Oscar beating Sasha.
2: No, I completely agree. I think if that's how you're gonna do it, that's that's what you do. You'd have. You'd have Bailey win here, and then you'd have maybe Sasha help her, and then she doesn't do the same for Sasha. The only thing I'm af- not afraid of, but I feel like Bailey—if they're going to split them up—I feel like Bailey would be the face. I don't know. Sasha Banks is not a baby face. She's such. She just comes off such such bitchy that I feel like she has to be the heel. So I kind of am afraid that they when they do the split, she'll beat Bailey, but she'll lose to Sasha. So, I don't know. I just feel like if they're going to split Bailey and Sasha up, Sasha has to be the heel. I mean, you wouldn't have... I don't know. I just... That's how I feel like. I, I want Sasha to lose the belt. She's not on Raw. She shouldn't be the Raw champion anyways. Should have been Shayna and Asuka from from the get-go. They bundled that. They made Shayna... She wins on Raw, then she fucking loses on SmackDown. That annoyed the hell out of me. Um, I don't know what the hell they're doing with her. It should have just been her and Asuka at this pay-per-view. Done Sasha and Bailey. I get it. They want fans. Get over it. Just do the match. To the point, if you keep, if you keep it going. No one will give a flying fuck when that match even happens at this point. Keep drawing it out and just, it's going to get to a point that people just don't care.
0: So, yeah, it I is. Mean, I, mean, I mean, I'm quickly getting to that point, to be honest with you.
2: You got to do this match, do it soon, and just get it done and over with. Holy shit.
0: They got to move on at some point. Listen, I like Bailey and Sasha a lot. They've beaten legit everybody for the most part. No pun intended with the whole legit boss shit. But I don't know, dude. I, I just don't like this. I don't like the whole idea that Asuka is getting two title shots on the same show. I don't care if it's Asuka. I don't care if it's fucking Bianca Belair. If they did the same thing with Shayna, I would say the same shit with her. It doesn't matter if it's her, Naomi, Dana Brooke. They could bring back fucking fabulous moolah from the dead and put her in the spot. It doesn't matter who it is. I'm not a fan of the whole two title shot shit on the same show. I just think it's ridiculous. I, I really do. I, just, I, don't, I don't have a mind with the whole double duty thing. If you're a champion defending two titles, that that I mean, like if Bailey and Sasha had their tag title match in this show, I'm okay with that. But like Asuka getting two title shots when you have a number of other women they're not doing jack shit with right now, I think that's pretty stupid.
2: Yeah, it's so dumb. When I saw the Oscar one on SmackDown, I was like, this shit's like you can't even book it so bad. Like, it makes legit no sense.
0: I think what's worse too is that Oscar already beat Bailey on Raw. So it's like if you're gonna do Asuka and Bailey, which I don't wanna say again, now, the matches are going to be good, but, like, I don't want to see it again. If you're going to do that at SummerSlam, why not just say, because Asuka beat Bailey, she gets a title shot for her title as well. I mean, winning the Battle Royal was completely pointless, and I'm all for number one contenders matches, but she just pinned the fucking champion. Like, that just gave me false hope for no reason. It made me think, oh, maybe Shayna will win, or maybe Bianca will win, or Tegan, or Shotzi. Nope, it's, it's just Asuka. Again. Like, come on, man. Like... Got to get more creative than that. I'm just I'm not a fan. So again, like I said, Bailey retains. Oscar wins back the Raw Women's Title in my book. Uh, so we move right along here to our next match. We don't have a ton of matches left actually. I think we only have two if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Braun Strowman versus The Fiend uh, in a singles match for the Universal Championship. I'm looking forward to this not because like as a match I don't really care. Um, I don't expect it to be too good, but they've got me hooked. With this story with Alexa Bliss, um, I think I don't think this is a whole like ruse. Like, oh Braun and Alexa in on it from the beginning, ha ha ha. Like, he threw her down on SmackDown. He acted like a fucking dick. Um, he's like, I don't give a shit about you. Essentially, a couple of weeks ago, I mean, I, I feel like if he's not going heel, he's definitely not winning that belt. He's he's definitely not retaining the belt at SummerSlam. And listen, I like Braun. You're a big Braun guy. I don't think his reign has been great overall. I really don't. A lot of it isn't his fault. There's no fans. That's kind of how he works as a babyface. No fa- he's a very fan-oriented guy, let's face it. He's a big audience-oriented guy. Without them, he's not nearly as special. So the reign has been kind of a flop, and that's the booking's fault too. He's only faced like three different people um, since April. So I don't know. I'm just not a big fan of this, but um, of him being champion. That's why I say The Fiend has got to win. And I know what people are saying, oh, it's going to be predictable if Alexa Cost Braun the championship. Dude, who gives a shit? I don't care if it's predictable. In this case, The Fiend has got to win. And the guy wasn't lighting the world on fire as champion earlier this year, but he's a better option, in my opinion, than Braun Strowman at this current point. So I say The Fiend wins with the help of Alexa Bliss. Do you concur, RJ? I
2: concur because I just think that's the way it's going. I just also, I just... As a heel champion, there's way more babyface on SmackDown for him to work with. And at this point, who else is Braun faced King Corbin? Come on. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't get He's kind of run course. I would say Sheamus. He's been losing to Jeff Hardy. So, don't think that's going to happen. I just... I, 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 like, I like Braun as champion, but I completely agree with you saying he's more of a... Like, when he did the whole fucking run around the ring and give the guy the shoulder block. Like, that's very crowd-oriented. He just is very... Like you said... I think he is a very crowd oriented guy. So now with no champion, he just doesn't, with no crowd, he just doesn't seem as as important and as interesting. So I, I, I don't think his reign has been a flop. I just think he hasn't really faced many people. He's faced the Fiend at uh, two different times, but just two different variations.
0: Like, yeah, it's not Morris his fault.
2: Is, that was just kind of dumb. Um, I honestly couldn't tell you what else he faced Ziggler, maybe. I don't know.
0: <laughs> Nobody, dude. He faced, he beat Goldberg. He faced Bray at Money in the Bank. He faced Miz and Morrison, which was terrible. And then that was it. He had the swamp fight last month. So that's really the extent of his reign over the last four months.
2: Sounds good. Yeah, I mean, I like Braun. I just, I don't really want to smack that much. But I think storyline, I just, I don't think Braun and Alexa are in cahoots. I think, hopefully, she's like a disciple for Bray now. Switch her character up. I love Alexa Bliss, but she's been the same Bitchy heel forever. I know that she was just babyface, but she was the same exact character as she was as a heel, dressed the same, looked the same. Maybe it was nice instead. So hopefully this is a whole new character arc for her. Maybe down the line go back to that same bitchy, bliss character. But for now, I think as like a, oh, not sister Abigail, but some kind of disciple for Bray Wyatt would be a. It'd be very interesting, and I'm, I'm down for that.
0: 100%. I think a character change for Braun is necessary. I think the Fiend needs someone like Alexa in his act, and I think for Alexa, it helps rejuvenate her character as well. So I feel like it'd be a win-win-win if the Fiend wins on Sunday, and I say he should. Uh, we get to the main event, or at least what should be the main event, and it absolutely has to be. I don't want to see some shit with Braun. I mean, again, what I just said, closing the show, I don't want to see that main event. We had the swamp fight in the main event last month cool. Like, I mean, I, I didn't honestly have an issue with that just because I was interested to see what they would do with that fight. Um, as a match though, I don't expect it to be that good. It should not go on last. Just because they want this big angle of Alexa Bliss joining The Fiend, which she should, again, I don't want to see that go on last. I would much rather see, and I'm not even a big fan of the outcome, I would rather see Randy Orton beat Drew McIntyre. And another thing with that too is, Drew McIntyre hasn't main evented a fucking pay-per-view since he won rest- at WrestleMania. He didn't main event Money in the Bank, he didn't main event Backlash, he didn't mean to have extreme rules. Like that's three shows. One or two. Okay, maybe three is just ridiculous. And he, they has been they have booked him very, very well. And to Drew's credit, he's come across very well as champion. I've enjoyed his reign overall. He had a great match with Rollins. The Brock match what it was what it was. The Bobby match was very good. Him and Ziggler had a couple of good matches. I'm sure this match will be no different, but the guy deserves to go on last. So that's first and foremost. Secondly, I think Orton wins here. Uh, Drew has beaten practically everyone, every top heel on that show: Bobby, Brock, Seth, Ziggler, and Ziggler's not even a top heel. They brought him in to, to lose to Drew, and he did. Um, so they they, they got to move on at some point. I like Drew a lot, and I do want to see him as champion in front of fans. But I see a scenario, and again, I'm not too high on the idea. But maybe they you know prove me wrong that Orton wins here. You put Drew in chase mode. And then he gets the belt back when there's fans. So I think Orton wins here. He's had a lot of success at SummerSlam. This year will be no different. And he walks out um the all new WWE champion for the first time in over three years. Um what do you say, RJ? What's the outcome for this WWE championship clash?
2: I was I was like full Orton, but after Raw, I'm I'm going with Drew. I mean, booking one on one, Drew wins here. I mean, got laid out on Raw. I think they could do some kind of maybe Shawn Michaels comes out get some kind of interference in there, Drew wins, and they do the title change of payback, but, I don't know, I just think after Raw, I'm leaning more Drew than I, I, I even thought I would be, I think, and they I think that's why they're doing payback so close to maybe tie up some loose ends from screwy finishes at SummerSlam, but, I mean, SummerSlam is usually the fucking key of screwy finishes, so, I could so see Shawn Michaels coming out and helping Drew, and then they just give the belt to Randy at Payback. So I'm going to go with that. I think Randy's seemingly about to win. Shawn Michaels hits him with a little swing chin music. He turns around right into a Claymore. One, two, three. Love baby face goes over. They have a rematch on Payback. Orton wins the belt there.
0: I could see that happening. I didn't really think about that. But yeah, Drew... He's not really been made to look weak in many points, but he was on Monday—not weak, but like in, like vulnerable. And uh, you know, it's it, it's necessary for his character. He can't be beating people up every single week. Um, I, I like the angle. Real quickly though, what were your thoughts on Shawn Michaels no selling the punt kick?
2: I mean, Shawn Michaels, what do you expect?
0: <laughs> what is it, SummerSlam 05, dude?
2: Seriously, that's a great match, by the way.
0: Jesus Christ, awesome. when was the last time? You, when was the last time you watched that gem?
2: Uh, since
0: 2005. <laughs> Dude, go back and watch it. It's an instant classic, Sean and Hulk. <laughs> Terrible. Oh,
2: God, I love it. If I want to see a fish flop around, I can watch the uh, Discovery Channel.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, look outside your window. I don't know if you have a body of water outside your house, but... Oh, my God. Yeah, so you got Drew uh, winning here. I got Orton, correct? Yes, sir. All right, we'll see what happens to Payback. And that's going to do it for SummerSlam Predictions. Uh, again, I'm still I'm looking forward to the show. I really am, dude. I, I like SummerSlam a lot. It's my favorite. Not my favorite, but one of my favorite shows out of the year. Um, we've been there twice. I was there in 2015, 2016. You were there in 06 in 2015. Uh, coming up on the five-year anniversary of SummerSlam weekend tomorrow, Um, you flew in, or you drove in, rather, on Saturday morning to meet Seth, right? Uh, yes, sir. So, how was that whole experience? How are you feeling nostalgic about that SummerSlam trip five years later? It feels like it was just yesterday.
2: I mean, I should be going to SummerSlam this year in Boston, but damn, We'll get back. to that in a minute. But, uh, no, I mean, that was a fun time. That was the second SummerSlam I ever went to. I went to SummerSlam 06 in Boston, main evented by Edge and John Cena, only an idiot would forget that. But, um, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, SummerSlam's always been a fun show. I mean, since I started watching, uh, it's always been a good show. I mean, the, the mid to t- like 2010 area, I started going downhill a little bit, but I think lately it's gained some steam back. Um, but no, it's always a fun show. It's supposed to be the it's the biggest party of the summer. It's usually good, and uh, I'm excited for Sunday.
0: I think this is the first year since, like, 2017 that we are not getting a WrestleMania rematch at SummerSlam. Like, last year we got Rollins and Brock, a rematch from WrestleMania. We got Roman and Brock the year before that, a rematch from WrestleMania. Uh, 2017, like, the first SummerSlam without Brock Lesnar. Do you feel that he should have been on this card? Do you really feel like it matters that he's not a part of it?
2: No, I mean, I've, not that it doesn't matter. I just don't think at this point we need him back at this point.
0: No, I feel like the card's fine without him. Again, I'm not a big fan of a lot of these matches. Not a lot. I'm, I won't say that. Like, Cruz and MVP, I could give zero shits about. Uh, McIntyre, Ord, I'm looking forward to. That should be great. I'm looking forward to Mandy and Sonya. I'm looking forward to the women's matches. Um, Sasha, Asuka, and Bailey from an in-ring standpoint, from a booking standpoint, not really. Um, those don't feel SummerSlam worthy to me just because we've seen them already multiple times. Uh, Dominic and Seth I'm looking forward to The profits. and Andrade and Garza should be fun and Braun and Wyatt I'm more interested to see what they do from a storytelling standpoint so it's still one of the biggest pay-per-views of the year hopefully it delivers even without a crowd and hey the Thunderdome should be a lot of fun so hopefully it uh, delivers and we don't see any fucking dicks or AEW shirts or fucking whatever I don't know what the hell wrestling fans have up their sleeves, but I am very, very skeptical, or optimi- and also cautiously optimistic, so we'll see what they got up their sleeve for the Thunderdome on Sunday. So real quickly, dude, we I, I should be recording this podcast with you at your fucking house right now, before the pay-per-view on Sunday. I'm so pissed that we couldn't make that happen.
2: Yeah, I know, it's bullshit. I was so excited to go to TakeOver and SummerSlam, but... So wasn't in the cards this year
0: maybe next year wasn't in the cards this year hopefully again soon i had my bag all packed the marceau residence the marceau compound i was like take me in brother and then this should happen and then it's like all right no show so hopefully it happens again soon whether it be SummerSlam, rumble wrestlemania whatever um hope to see you soon at some point in the not to distant future uh no spoilers but maybe at some point in the not too distant future But, um, yeah, Mr. Marceau, this has been great. Enjoy SummerSlam weekend, brother. Be sure to people, people can follow you on the Twitter machine at RJ underscore Marceau. And, uh, any final parting words before we ride off into the sunset here?
2: Um, hopefully next time I see you, I'm at a
0: 99. (laughs) We need to go back to 99. 99 is such a great fucking restaurant.
2: Oh, it's so great, so blue collar. I love
0: it. I haven't seen you since that last RAW, of 2019. I feel like I, I, I feel like maybe if I saw you, that might lift this curse of 2020. Because I have not seen you in 2020, so I feel like that might be where this whole bad luck stems from.
2: It might be. I mean, last time I saw you was at another at a wedding as well. I saw you at the uh, RAW wedding.
0: <laughs> exactly. Hey, the, what'd I you say?
2: Even, I haven't even picked up my tux yet. Still at the dry cleaners because of t- 2020. I dropped it off. Uh,
0: mine too mine too a little birdie told me I got a little something in the mail from the Marceaux earlier today so I gotta go check that out in a couple of hours when Alexis comes over Uh, we can open it together hopefully it is a wedding invitation so I can get that tux and maybe not use it for the raw wedding but maybe use it for that Marceau wedding next spring we'll see we'll see gotta see before then but uh, we shall see take care brother enjoy summer slim weekend and I'll catch your ass down the road
2: sounds good